Hello and welcome back after a year or more of hiatus, depending on when this goes online, to Gotta Get Out of This Town, a 2000 pop punk and emo pop uh, retrospective. I am, as always, the gum you like that just came back into style, and with me, other Twin Peaks references. No? Nothing? Hi, I'm Sybil Arnett. Welcome to the show. Welcome back to the show, listeners and hosts. Uh, singular. We, we don't have Adam yet. We are down on Adam. I can contain multitudes if we need. We scheduled this episode three times, and all three times something came up for Adam. I'm suspecting now that maybe he doesn't want to talk about the Reliant K book. (laughs) And speaking of Adam's, all scripture quotations, unless otherwise indicated, are taken from the Holy Bible New International Version, copyright 1973, 78, and 84 by the International Bible Society. Of course this book has Bible reference, like a mountain goat's record. Yeah, this is basically the mountain goats of pop punk, this book is. Okay, so as you might have imagined, today we are talking, and we promised that we were going to do that, about the... What's the name of the Reliant K book? So Reliant K, the Christian pop-punk band, which for some reason exists, um, had a book. Is this their only book? First question, second question, how is this book called? Please answer in order. It is their only book that I could find. And it is referred to as the complex infrastructure known as the female mind, according to Reliant K with Mark Nicholas. According to the back, this is a book about girls for girls, written by some boys. Leave it to the guys of Reliant K to dive into the world of the girl and find out what makes her tick. This is a Reliant K expose, an enchanting attempt to get to the bottom of all the different types of girls that exist and what makes them special. Some of it may shock you, and some of it you probably already know. Either way, you'll be entertained. Should the book call itself enchanting? Isn't that something like someone else should say about you? I mean, first off, there's a very weird tone to this book because it's very, very straight. But it's also saying it's a book about girls and how to identify all the types of girls and why they're special for girls. You would think you might have something in here for boys, but there are only two and a half chapters about boys, and there are 12 chapters about girl types. Look, it's 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 a book for all those lesbians who are sort of, like, really straight. Like, not in, not in, not in like, preference, just, like, in, a, in their mentality. They're, they're people like that. This is the, but I'm a cheerleader of pop punk. It's for the female equivalent of Pete Buttigieg. Oof. Oof. I'm trying to think of what, what is the closest to that? Hmm. Mm. 
I confess I'm thinking Amanda Palmer right now, but mostly because I'm thinking of the joke about Amanda Palmer listing all the slurs she knows in alphabetical order. Speaking of divorce and Patreons, did you hear Stav left Cumtown? I don't know what any of those words mean. I know, that's why I sent them to you. Okay, so, who doesn't own a cell phone? Who brought back their permission slip? Because I know nobody wants to stay home while the rest of us go out and make a day of it. Because theme parks are so much more fun when the sun's outside. I'm going to kick us off with uh, a quote from Kickoff Introduction here, and that'll tell you a lot about the tone of how this book is written. If you are reading this, you might be laughing to yourself and thinking that we have lost our minds. Reliant K writing a book about girls? That's insane! And you would be right. Sort of right, but not really. We might be insane, or we might not. We'll leave that up to you to decide. But for the moment, we won't dwell on the issue of our sanity, but on our motivation for undertaking this newest literary pursuit. This prose sounds like a... a, like, early 2000 video game magazine. This prose feels like you have a minimum word count on your term paper, and you're not sure how to get there, so you're writing as rambling as possible. This book is only... 165 pages long. Bimbos of the Death Sun is longer. That's all I'm going to say as I, I look at books that are within reach. Once again, I don't know what that is, and I'm worried that you do. <laughs> it's, a, it's a fantasy novel. Okay. It's a parody. Okay. Anyhow, so the other day we got a call from our band's manager, Jeff. Do you know what it's like to have a band manager? Managers have a reputation for being either bearer of either great or horrible news. A phone call from a manager could go something like this. Hey guys, you're going to be on the cover of AP next month which would be completely rad. Or, hey guys, your spring tour just got cancelled because of low ticket sales, so you might want to think about that pizza delivery job at Papa John's, which also hasn't happened yet, thankfully. So when the phone rings and it's your manager, your stomach is in knots because you just don't know what is coming next. This is insufferable. Like, I want you to know, this goes on another four pages after this. Uh, yeah, I can imagine. It, uh, now, now that you're going into the manager bit, I can, I, I, I know, I now understand why you think they're trying to fill space. It's like, no, we, we, we don't. That is not what the book is about. We don't care. Talk to us about girls. I'm gonna just quickly skim through this introduction to set you up because it also sums up a lot of the vibe to this book. Mm-hmm. While writing a book about girls sounded like fun, none of us really had the time to sit down and write the whole thing up. If we aren't on tour or writing songs or recording songs for a new record, we are spending our few remaining days at home with friends and family. Even though we wanted to write this book, we weren't sure how we were going to. That's where Mark comes in. The editor at Thomas Nelson suggested a guy who she thought would be able to help us out. Unlike us, he had written a book before. They, they, they admit having a phantom writer? <laughs> oh yeah, he's, cover- he's credited on the cover, Reliant K with Mark Nicholas. Okay, so it's not a it's not a phantom. It's like what a zombie. What is what what is the name of phantom writer that's like credited? Uh, usually a ghostwriter gets a credit. All I right, mean, ghostwriter, ghostwriter is yeah. the English version. Hello, I'm Italian. 
No worries. <laughs> the other question you may be asking yourself is, are these guys qualified to write a book about girls? Now, that is a fair question, but it'll seem silly when you stop and think about it. Between the five of us, they are now treating uh, Mark here as a member of the band. There's a whole paragraph about how he doesn't play an instrument and he's not a ska group. Don't ask. What? 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 <laughs> well, you asked. No, he doesn't play an instrument, except the tuba and trombone, but those are barely instruments and they certainly don't count as we're not a ska or a polka band. I mean, you see, that's mistake one of uh, Reliant K. That's the first mistake they made, not being a ska band. Everyone loves ska. Okay, okay. Can you imagine we, we, Christian I, I, pop ska? I feel we've already done this bit, but I don't remember what we found. I feel I like we've already. Something. I feel like we've already talked about Christian ska at some point. <laughs> we are definitely doing a Christian ska album somewhere down the road, just because of this. I just want to put that on the record. Da -da -da. Between the five of us, we've spent the better part of our lives studying and trying to get to know you girls. All different types of girls. That comes out to over 100 years experience when you add it all up. Secondly, we like girls. We've met plenty of girls, we've hung out with girls, we've dated girls, and a couple of us has even been so lucky as to marry girls. But we won't pretend we've completely figured out the entire mystery that is your female gender. But has any of you ever become a girl? That's the ultimate challenge among those. I mean, I haven't checked on Mark Nicholas, but I can say the other four members of Reliant K Plus uh, have not. Fair, 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 fair. What we have discovered in our 100 plus years is that the more we studied your gender, the more complex you and your world became. Your world is and shall remain, and here's the title drop, the complex infrastructure known as the female mind. Even if you know everything there is to know about your own type of girl, remember there are other girls of other types you may know very little about. Those other girls may be wildly different than you. If you are the least bit curious about these other kinds of girls, this book is written with you in mind, the complex female. So what you're saying is that the girls are basically like Pokemon. Yes, and we're actually about to take a quiz to find out whether or not we need to read this book. Oh, 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 I love quizzes. <laughs> Here's the quiz. Have you ever in your entire life wondered what a boy was thinking? Uh, I wonder what everyone is thinking at every point in time, so yes. I, I, am, I am generally very distressed by the fact that thoughts are secret. So, yes. I love that you can say that and still know me. Have you ever felt like you don't know where you fit in? Sure. Have you ever felt strangely drawn to the bathroom mirror but didn't know why? No? What? What? <laughs> what? Do you ever what do you ever wonder how some girl could possibly be so popular while others aren't? No, it's generally because they're hot. Do you want to know why it takes a girl longer to get ready for school than a guy? Because makeup is hard. No, yes or no. you have to brush yes no. what what was the question again? Do you want to know why it takes a girl longer to get ready for school than a guy? No, because I already know. Because makeup is hard and hair is hard. Most people know that. Do you know what the number one rated drink of girls in America is? No. No. Do you want to take a guess? Uh, um, I, I, I don't even drink. I don't know drinks. Uh, wine? It's Diet Coke. 
Okay. I'll give you that one just because there was no way you were going to get that on a question, the quiz that is normally yes, no. Okay. Do you own one or more Reliant K albums? Uh, I think bought them? No. Have you ever cried during a movie? Sure. Are all airheads dumb? Nah. Do you like boys? Sure. Well, congrats. You answered more than four of these questions correctly, so this book is for you. What? What? N- what? For what it's worth, the answer to every one of these questions save two was yes. Six, the drink is Diet Coke, and are all airheads dumb is no. I'm 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 confused. I I am confused. Why are there? <laughs> I thought this was like a personality test. Why is there a correct and wrong answer? <laughs> oh no! This is to tell you whether or not you should buy this book. Okay, but I guess I should buy this book. Did I respond to more for for of more of this correctly? Which one of these I resp- I answered wrong? You did answer strangely drawn to the bathroom mirror wrong. Uh, wonder how a girl could be so popular, wonder why it takes a girl longer to get ready, and one or more Reliant K albums. Uh, so I'm confused about a couple of things here, right? Um, first okay. of all, this book is aimed at, like, girls, and it's asking questions that I feel that would be pretty obvious to most girls. <laughs> it's like, why do you take longer in the to prepare yourself than boys. If you are a girl, which is apparently this book target demographic, you would probably know. Uh, right? But so maybe you don't question. know why guys are so quick. I can't... Uh, you should... That's worded wrong. Also, what the fuck is with that mirror question? I don't understand it. <laughs> you just haven't felt strangely drawn to the bathroom mirror but didn't know why? No! no what?! I, I'm reading everything out of this with the same phrasing they write it, which is what makes this so much more fun. I know, I don't understand what that means. I don't understand the implication of the question. Well, you see, it's asking if you found yourself in a public restroom and a slight glow from the mirror catches your eye and you're just drawn by the unearthly stare that the aura puts around your face and you wonder, why can't that be me? And then the whisper from the other side of the voice says, come inside. Uh, Now everything makes sense. Yeah, it happens a lot in rest stops. Uh, There's one last bit of the introduction, and I feel that because we have non-female listeners, we do need to read the section for the guys. I mean, do we have non-female listeners? I'm pretty sure anyone who listens to us is just like a female in waiting. It's like, you may not know it, but come on, you're listening to us. I know at least one male who listens to this, and at least one non-binary person who listens to this. Okay, that's fair. The non-binary gets a pass. The male is like, come on, take your pills. (laughs) He just knocked up his wife. (laughs) That's fine! You you used your thing, and now take your pills and cut it off. To those of us on the XY chromosome side of the table, hey, fuck you, buddy, girls are an enigma, a riddle, and a varied mess of makeup and emotion. Not easily understood, but instead feared and admired from a safe distance. If you are a guy and happen to be reading this book, good for you. Once you're finished, you'll have all the inside knowledge about the opposite sex that you have ever wished to know, or at least everything that we ourselves know. 
Most males are a bit afraid of the female gender and how her mind works. Most times, we just don't understand the ladies. Normally, the things we don't understand, we run away from, and instead talk of football, pro wrestling, and music amongst ourselves. That is the stuff we readily understand. But today is different. Today, we will valiantly attempt to uncover and explain the mystery, the beauty, the behaviors, and the assortment that make up the female gender. Since girls come in a wide variety of colors, shapes, and sizes, hey, I bet that's the only time we're going to hear about a wide variety of colors and women. Or humans. <laughs> uh, we will make an effort to classify them all into easy-to-identify groups, tell you more about their individual habits, their likes and dislikes, and maybe even make it easier for you to get to know them. So first of all, this reeks of, like, pre-incel, like, nine-gag culture, which, you know, of course it's way later than this, but, like, this is the vibe, and oh god. So second of all, this feels like they really wanted to write a book for guys, and I don't know why they say that it's same that girl. Like, something went wrong in, <laughs> in between the, the, the process there. Because, uh, whatever. I am very curious about how this got to the shape it did, because yes, this feels like a manual aimed at men in the weirdest ways. Mm -hmm. Also talking about pro wrestling, have you seen Forbidden Door? Have you seen Blood I and Guts? <laughs> I have, and I have. They were really good. Last so. month was a wild month for professional wrestling. There was a lot of blood. If you give me a forbidden door and blood and guts, I had better see blood. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Also, I have to say, Hook's, like, general physiques makes me feel thing. So, new favorite wrestler. Mm. going to just read off all the different girl types. We could go through all of these depending on how quick we go through them, but I want to know which one you want to zoom in on first. Okay. 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 Now, first of all, we need to do the tag yourself here. We, we, we need yeah. to read them and do the tag yourself, please. <laughs> okay. So I'm going to read these all and I want you to tell me which two you identify with most. Okay. Because okay. remember... Women could be a combination of types. Oh, right. It's like, again, it's like Pokemon. Was Pokemon... Yeah, Pokemon was already out when this was a thing, right? This was like... Yep, this is 2004. Yeah. All right, so the girl types are the athlete, the rock chick, the diva, the homecoming queen, the mathlete, the overachiever, the poet, first chair, the Drama Queen, The Airhead, The Girlfriend, and Vanilla Pudding. Oh god, I'm none of this. Uh, I, I don't know what Vanilla Pudding means, but uh, maybe that one. Okay, so you, you're just Vanilla Pudding, nothing else? I, I, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I, what does first chair mean? First chair is, and I'm going to use their definition rather than give the one that I would, in life, there are two types of buses that most folks hope they never have to ride. First, there's the short bus, and then comes the band bus. I don't know what that means. 
Once again. A, it's a joke about people who have intellectual disabilities. Oh, I don't, I don't know. know if you're familiar with the term short bus over no, in... No, uh, I, 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 don't, I don't know what that means. I genuinely don't know what that term means. The short bus is the bus that would usually be driven to pick up handicapped or, to put it in slightly more evocative, slightly less polite terms, slow class students. Oh, oh God, why do they have to get Reliant K? What? What? We might want a generic warning at the top of this episode. Warning! 2000s culture. <sighs> but God. let's describe what a first chair is like. The band bus is where you'll find our next variety of girl. A girl near and dear to our hearts. Here she comes now, down the hall, walking slowly and clutching a small black box by its handle. She walks with her shoulders slumped forward ever so slightly, and her eyes are mostly on the ground. You've seen her name a hundred times before, and you might not know her, but chances are she knows your name. She might not fit in with the in-crowd, but in the band room, the band bus, or the football field at halftime, she's a star. Ladies and gents, we present to you First Chair. Is this the femme cell? No, this is basically a band geek. Okay, no. Um, I'm gonna go with vanilla pudding. I don't know what that means, but uh, I, I do like vanilla pudding. I ate it, like, last week. What are you tagging yourself with? Uh, if I'm going to be completely honest, it is definitely the diva and the drama queen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> I can see that. Vanilla pudding. I'm going to read this off and you're going to be offended. She's as sweet as she sounds and just as interesting and fascinating. She's not as rich as tiramisu. She's not as tangy as a lemon tart. She's not as complicated as a white chocolate hazelnut cheesecake or as exotic as walnut baklava. As far as a dessert goes, she's regular vanilla pudding, not too crazy and not too bland. No one complains about vanilla pudding because it's sweet and tasty and a part of the fabric of this great country. Bill Cosby likes vanilla pudding and so do little kids. Oh no! So does oh, everyone. No! Oh no! Oh, no! I'm going to keep reading. There's still no! more. <laughs> so does everyone in between. She's like a comfort food, a staple, and something that you would find in anyone's cupboard. It's the perfect complement to nearly every meal, handy and never troublesome. Uh, first of all, that's not probably not me, so uh, I was wrong. There are also little sidebars in each chapter, and I will pull up. Oh, do they have stats? Do they have, like, a stat line? Oh, they have stats. They have stories about different girls. They have, yeah. So, like, let's go through vanilla pudding as a test. Vanilla pudding in five words or less. Normal. Even keel. Friendly. Fun. Uh, five clues that you might be vanilla pudding. You have lots of guy friends, but rarely have a boyfriend. If you took a personality test, you would probably be a golden retriever. You are well-liked by most other girl types. You shop at the Gap. You like meat and potatoes. Here's the stats page for vanilla pudding. What would you find in her locker? Books. Pictures of friends. Notes. A jacket. Her email signature is just her name and have a great day. Favorite movies? Chick flicks, dramas, action movies, a little bit of everything. Favorite music? Top 40. Favorite website? Amazon.com, eBay.com, and Friendster.com. For those of you who are listening to this beneath a certain age, Friendster was an old social media site from the 2000s that no yeah, one Yeah, it, it was the, the Facebook of the time. I love how this is just default 
character creator option. <laughs> oh, this is even better because I, I still need to list the rest of these categories for you because these are given for every type. Pictures or posters? Pictures of Orlando Bloom cut out of U.S. Weekly. Probable nicknames? Buddy. After school job? The Gap. Clothing? The Gap, Old Navy, Coles, and Target. Makeup? Maybelline, Bonnebel, and Revlon. They did some uh, makeup research, at least. <laughs> Which I would not have expected uh, Reliant K to do. <laughs> so every chapter ends with one of the band members talking about their history with a girl of this type. So I'm going to give you Matthew Hoops on Vanilla Pudding. Beth was a few years older than me, and I don't really ever recall talking to her until my freshman year, because at that point we were both in the same section of youth group, senior high. I remember feeling so old and mature, but at the same time very small and not as cool as the older kids. But Beth was a good girl. She was easy to talk to and always initiated conversation, which was good for me because I was pretty shy. Beth was the classic church girl and was totally involved in the youth group, and I think she found a lot of her identity there, and especially with her friends. She may not have been the most popular girl at school, and I don't mean to say that in a mean way, but she just wasn't the cheerleader type and was not really worried about style or status. I think I was most impressed by how she quickly invited my friends and I to be friends with her and her friends, who I was mostly too embarrassed to talk to because I had a crush on some of them. Please note, he does not say he has a crush on Beth. But this was just way different than anyone I had met at school, and she totally treated me as an equal and always told me how cool I was and how I had neato shoes and stuff like that. She was very complimentary, and you could really tell that it wasn't fake and she wasn't trying to manipulate anyone. She would help plan events, and even when she wasn't doing that, she was planning group trips to the mall and out to dinner after. Uh, I feel here the, the lesson that you learned from this is that uh, if you're the vanilla pudding, you ain't gonna fuck. Yes. Also, I'm going to read you some snippets of their extended description through the chapter. These Again, these chapters are only a few pages long, but there's some amazing lines that explain things here. We've learned about a number of girls and learned they can be a number of wildly different things. They could be happy, the homecoming queen, or they can be moody, the rock chick. They can require attention, the drama queen, or they're satisfied with a smaller circle of friends, the first chair. They can be driven, the overachiever, or they can be passive, the girlfriend. They can be smart, the mathlete, or they can appear clueless, the airhead. They can also be a jock, the athlete, a trendsetter, the diva, or a girl with a cause, the poet. So where does this leave vanilla pudding? Right in the middle. The average. The all-American normal girl. We like to think she's normal because she's the girl we most identify with. This girl is as close to a boy as they come. And we don't mean that in a weird or unflattering way. Normal for a girl is being a lot like a boy, only prettier and smells nice. <laughs> I can keep reading. This, this keeps digging. Well, she's not like a boy, per se, but she isn't so emotional all the time. We don't ever witness her wild mood swings or feel the wrath of her temper. She doesn't freak out unless it's called for. This girl is steady Eddie and is predictable. In, a, in a smarter, like, this feels like, this feels like a joke in a sitcom where, like, someone is trying to compliment a girl and being really horrible at it. At it. Yeah, and like just boy, digging themselves not, not, deeper. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that's the thing. It's so wild because there's a couple lines in here 
I'm going to get to, I'm going to just finish this paragraph and then start skipping around, but this digs itself so deep, so amazingly. This girl is steady Eddie and is predictable. The normal girl is also into things we boys like, like sports, music, video games, maybe professional wrestling and monster truck rallies. Well, maybe not those last two, but you catch the drift. Oh, God. Oh, you know, things that boys like. Music. Only boys like music. <laughs> what Another thing we like is that Vanilla Pudding is always there whether we pay attention to her or not. <laughs> she laughs at our jokes and cries in the right places at the movies. She helps us with our homework and listens to us talk about the hot girl we like. Vanilla Pudding is our friend. Most time, we don't think about her like we would the homecoming queen or the diva, because those are the girls we want to date. Oh, God, I feel bad for Vanilla Pudding. <laughs> oh, oh, it gets better. Oddly enough, when the time comes, this is the girl we might someday marry, except for Dave, who married a drama queen. That is, if she hasn't already married a doctor or successful lawyer, then it will be too late for us, and that'd serve us right for waiting around. This is better. <laughs> oh, it's God. just... All right. I'm going to read. This is a whole paragraph to itself at the end of the chapter. Vanilla Pudding is right at home in church. She loves Jesus and is willing to serve him any way she can. She appreciates her church and youth group, but is not necessarily a leader unless she is called upon to do so. She is, in almost every single way, the average girl. And when we say average, we mean it in the best way possible. My brain now is just playing uh, Carrot King Part 2. I <laughs> love you, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I love you, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, I you want me to back up to uh, first chair for you? Or should I start going through these in order? Let's go from the beginning. Let, let, let's start this in order. Okay. Again, I'll, I'll skip, I'll do their instant uh, description, then I'll go through the sidebars, and then I'll pick out any good bits. Just go through everything that you find interesting. We don't have to go through all of that. Uh, I am not, I, I am, I am not Vanilla Project, by the way. I'm re 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 returning, I'm I'm taking that statement back. Um, I am not Vanilla Pudding. I look forward. Maybe you should take some notes as we go. See if there's one of these you think fits you after fair hearing the descriptions. Enough, I would love to enough, find out. Fair, fair enough, fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. The athlete. You know this person instantly upon sight, sound, or smell. Hearing the signature whiff, whiff, whiff of smooth polyester lycra blend, or the faint metallic clink of a dozen pan lake snaps should provide some clue. Do they do they know that athletes also take showers? Like specifically, they take showers after they do the sports. <laughs> but who else can you smell coming, Ellie? A fart. Girls don't work out. Girls don't <laughs> sweat. <sighs> Move on. Meet the athlete. The athlete participates in a minimum of three sports, usually consisting of volleyball in the fall, basketball in the winter, and soccer in the spring. 
She may, however, participate in cross-country, swimming, and track and field. Please know that tennis and softball participants are not usually athletes and play these sports as a hobby or on a recreational basis. Girls who play golf are never athletes. Golf is not a sport. Who plays golf? Who are you going to high school with, Reliant K? Sometimes workout girl is mistaken for the athlete, but they are two completely different people. The workout girl drinks designer bottled water. Also, I need to point out, workout girl is written in two different ways in multiple different places. Sometimes it's workout, one word, girl. Sometimes it's workout girl. Okay, is it ever workout girl, one, one single word? I don't know, but I'm going to be looking for it now. It's just a very sloppy editing. Thanks a lot, Mark Nicholas. The workout girl drinks designer bottled water, attends Pilates classes, and wears makeup when she does. She likes to wear matching workout gear and has a cute yoga mat that matches her cute yoga pants and top. She likes yoga because she doesn't have to get all sweaty and icky, and she can still look good with her makeup on. The athlete has little patience for workout girl. They have nothing in common and are not friends. They are enemies. Workout girl takes double damage from uh, from, <laughs> from the, the athlete. athlete. <laughs> so before I go further, let's go to the sidebars. The athlete in five words or less. Disciplined. Competitive. Nice. Nice is going to appear on a lot of these five words or less. Keep that in mind. Confident. They think all of the girls are nice. I agree. Yeah. Ta-da. Five clues that you might be the athlete. You own one dress that your mom made you buy for your cousin's wedding. You stop by the gas station every morning before school to pick up some Gatorade and Power Bars. Your wristwatch has a stopwatch and heart rate monitor and is waterproof. You don't own any shirts with buttons. What? What? And what? Don't worry. Even better. You have never <laughs> used a fake doctor's excuse or note from your parent to get out of gym class. Um. <laughs> Why? I... I I don't understand the American version of gym class. Uh, in Italy, gym class is just like we go in a gymnasium and like in the in the gym room where there's like probably a basketball court or something, and we jazz and people who want to do sports do sports and everyone else does nothing. So that that was when, our version of gym class. <laughs> when I was in high school, we had multiple styles of gym. You could take. Weight training, if you wanted certain courses of things. You could take a sport. Or there were just more generalized courses where it would just be, hey, this week we're going to do some stamina stuff. This week, And it would just built over the course of a semester. But, yeah, we didn't have any more freeform stuff like that. No, and our gym class was basically people who want to play like volleyball or whatever was the sport of the time do, and everyone else just sits around if they don't want to play. Hmm? So, let's go into the stat sheet. What would you find in her locker? Cleats, an old ace bandage, athletic tape, but no pre-wrap, because pre-wrap is for wusses. Gym bag, picture of Mia Ham, empty water bottles. Favorite magazines? SI, and if you don't know what that means, they were too lazy to write out Sports Illustrated. Basketball Digest, Runner's World. Favorite music? Melanie C., a.k.a. Sporty Spice's Sad Solo Career, that's their comment, not mine, Jock Jams, 
the Chicago Bulls theme song. That that is not a human being. You're not describing a human being. Yeah, jock jams would be one thing. Instead of the Bulls theme song, it should be round ball rock. I don't know what that is, but okay. That is the NBA on NBC theme composed by John Tesh. It is a real jam. I do not watch sports, aside from professional wrestling, which apparently we've learned that girls should not like. Unless they're vanilla pudding and love Jesus, too. (laughs) (laughs) Website, www.womensportsfoundation.org. Pictures or posters, David Beckham. Probable nicknames, Killer or Spike. After-school job, practice, practice, practice. Clothing label, it's a tie, Adidas and Nike. Makeup, no. Did you know? She sleeps in her uniform before a big game for good luck. And guess who doesn't watch her socks for the same reason? Again, you're not describing a human being. We should also mention that, although many athletes attempt this fashion faux pas, the sports bra is not a Reliant K-approved top to be worn out in public by the athlete. It should be worn in conjunction with and under an approved shirt, like a Reliant K-hooded sweatshirt, which is a smart accessory for any soccer practice. Unless you are Brandy Chastain and have just won the 1999 Women's World Cup in soccer, there are no exemptions to this rule. I am sorry, is Reliant K trying to police a woman's body? Yes. Is Reliant K telling people how to dress? I'm not yes. surprised. But, you know, still. If you are beginning to think that the athlete has no problems and her life is great, you are mistaken. The athlete finds it hard to communicate her true feelings to others around her. Other people see her for what she most obviously is, and that is the athlete. The confident, outgoing, talented, sports-loving person. And those are the things that most people relate to her about. Even with her fellow athletes, sports are the dominant theme of any conversation. But there is a whole other side to her that goes unnoticed. The athlete, wishes, the athlete wishes that she fit in better with the girls and that boys see her more as a girl than a buddy. Guys tend to hang around the athlete and think of her more as a brother than as a girl. While she likes the challenge of competing with the boys, in her heart she would much rather be considered a girl, parentheses, lady, who the boys like and find attractive and mysterious, instead of getting punched in the arm by them. She can become trapped in a world of sports, and the athlete has a hard time communicating her true feelings. I'm just gonna say this. Literally no person, like no woman who was really into sports, that I ever known is like this. Turns out, like, most people that are really into sports are also, like, normal people that don't fit your, uh, rom-com stereotype there. Only one more bit on the athlete, and you know what it's gonna be. The athlete likes church just fine, and especially the monthly youth group outings to play miniature golf, even though it's not a sport, go-kart racing, or bowling. This means competition. Since there's always an abundance of pizza at youth group functions, she may bring her own brown bag meal complete with energy bars and sports drink. Can you, can you, can you give me a spoiler? Do all of the types like church? I'm pretty sure. Okay. Maybe one exception, they all like church, or they're Sundere with church. <laughs> the blank has a lot in common with the other blank when it comes to church. She puts off the vibe that she really doesn't want to be there, though secretly, she's glad to be there. <laughs> church Sundere, church Sundere, church mm-hmm. Sundere. <laughs> P. 
pizza slows the athlete down and makes her feel sluggish, and she doesn't like that feeling, as she never knows when she will need to be up and ready for a foot race against a boy in the parking lot. She does, however, give in once in a while for the occasional slice, because as we all know, everybody loves pizza. Okay. I mean, I, that, that, that is true. That is the only true sentence that, are spoken, that has been spoken until now. Everyone does love pizza. to read one that's gonna hurt you mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. if you happen to be looking down at the ground and spot a pair of black chuck tailors worn by a girl there is an 80 percent chance you have successfully identified a rock chick if your sleuthing abilities prove correct there is a 93 percent chance that she is also looking at the ground because that is what rock chicks often do otherwise known as shoegazing <laughs> another way to quickly identify a rock chick they change their hair color on a weekly or bi-weekly basis they usually attempt this feat all by themselves, or at the hands of another like-minded rock chick. Sorry, I've lost in a shoegazing. That's great. I knew That's shoegazing great. was going to get great. you. That's great. <laughs> it is a bit tricky to describe to you the methodology with which the rock chick chooses and changes her hair color, but we will attempt to shed light on this tricky, hairy subject. First, the rock chick must start with fairly short hair. No longer than shoulder length, but usually stopping mid-neck. Next, it is blunt cut to one length all over, or she might choose to have straight bangs cut two-thirds of the way up between her eyebrows and her hairline. Yes, uniform hair is the way of every rock chick I can think of. The more I listen to the description, the more I think they're not describing uh, rock chicks, they're just describing Kevin Shields. <laughs> I was going to say butch girls, but that works too. <laughs> Next comes the color. The rock chick starts with a base color of either black or really, really blonde, nearly white. Black is the preferred color for most rock chicks. You will not see a true rock chick with brown hair. This is unthinkable and must be avoided <coughs> at all costs. Next, she will choose a color for the week. This color is then applied to select sections of her hair in a highlighted fashion. There is a basic color palette for these highlights that all rock chicks stick to. In order of popularity, the highlight palette colors are brick red, followed closely by hot pink. From there you have your royal blue, then purple, followed by a striking canary yellow or burnt orange. Green comes next, but most rock chicks realize this is an unflattering color. Oh, of course she has blue hair and loves Jesus. We haven't gotten there yet. <laughs> this is one of the longest chapters in the book, so I am actually having to skim along here. I could go into another two pages about what they look like, and let me tell you, it's what you're imagining Reliant K thinks a rock chick looks like. Okay, so basically whoever wrote this book had a fetish. Yes, but there's a lot of weird little details that are dropped in here that leave me scratching my head. Like, in addition to the head and facial adornments of the rock chick, her clothing is often of the thrift store variety. 
She enjoys finding the Dukes of Hazard t-shirt or whimsical plaid pants at the local Salvation Army or Goodwill store. Oh, oh come on, it's the 2000 and you're not even mentioning Hot Topic. Army surplus stores are always a plus because it is there that she can always locate a good old pair of army pants and that trucker cap that says Old Fart on it. She appreciates the irony of such a cap. If she's lucky, she may also find a smashing, a smashing chain wallet to accessorize with. Okay, now you're just describing a juggalo. But it's fine, but you know. She has a disdain for shirts that button unless the buttons are pearl and come on a classic embroidered cowboy shirt from a local vintage clothing store. Okay, now I'm just confused. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we haven't discussed the meaning of her title, the rock chick. The primary thing about the rock chick is her undying loyalty, admiration, and allegiance to her favorite musical bands. Her identity is found in the band she most adores. These are not bands like the Dave Matthews Band, Third Day, or Matchbox 20. For the rock chick, the more obscure the band and music, the better, and is a badge of honor if she is into a group that almost no one has heard of before. She adorns her car with her stickers. Her car, by the way, is usually a lower-priced American-made car that her dad passed to her, like an early 90s Geo Metro. I am struggling. I am I, I am honestly struggling to find what the reference age is for this, this, this mishmash of cultural stereotypes in that they these would be high school students in the early 2000s they have cars you might have a car maybe and that's halfway through high school because you can't drive it till you're 16 the rock chick is generally into indie rock bands emo bands and the occasional retro music like the beatles or frank sinatra Rockabilly, street punk, skate punk, hardcore, and occasionally British hip-hop music find their way into her stereo. British hip-hop? British hip-hop, occasionally. Hmm? <laughs> Confuses me, but okay. She will show her favorite bands her undying loyalty by attending every show within a three-hour drive and by buying every record they release, including imports. Oh, remember when we used to buy records? I still do. Yeah, but you're old. Someday, if her dream of marrying a musician doesn't work out, she would be quite happy to become a veterinarian, or maybe a vegetarian. Oh, I, I will say that again. I think <clears throat> I already said that in a previous episode. Uh, don't marry a musician. No. <laughs> Imagine if you married Art Alexakis. Don't. <laughs> then you'll have to get divorced, and that, like, that's annoying. Although if you do it right, you might get half of their money. You may have noticed that the rock chick doesn't have much tolerance for things she doesn't personally enjoy, though she likes to slam those she finds intolerant. She also prides herself on being anti-establishment and a bit on the rebellious counterculture side of things. Because of these tendencies, there are two distinct types of rock chicks at church. The first is the chick who is dragged to church by her family. She really doesn't want to be there because it just isn't her scene, and she thinks the other kids in the youth group are squares. Because of her love of music and the church's traditional brand of worship, she may find the whole experience to be something out of a Leave it to Beaver episode, dry and stale. Even when churches try to put together a modern worship service for the, quote, young people, she thinks the worship team or band is trying too hard and comes off like posers. This type of rock chick, even though she may be a Christian, generally doesn't enjoy going to church. I love the, the first, other of all, first of all, they invented the intolerant left meme. 
uh, the intolerant left. Uh, also, I like the idea of the biggest criticism that you can give to Christians is they're being posers. Oh, you don't actually like Jesus, really? I mean, that's kind of a lot of American Christianity. True, but it's so funny. Like, I don't know if you're aware of this, but there's currently a weird trad Catholic resurgence going on where a bunch of American Catholics and people who are just converting lately because it's a hot new trend are going, God, this Pope is too fucking square. We need to go back to the old ways. Vatican won. Oh yeah, I saw that. I saw that. Um, I don't... We're, we're all gonna die, aren't we? Isn't it great? No. No. Don't worry. When we die, there's a heaven. I heard the Beatles sang about it. I'll be honest. The, I, 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 I am agnostic. I'm not a religious person. Um, the more and more I experience life, the more I understand the appeal of believing in an afterlife. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, will things be okay when I die? That That is so cool. I want things to be okay when I die. Just want to die and then wake up and be okay. Well, you might be the second type of rock chick. She loves going to church and realizes she is dedicated to following <laughs> no, Jesus. No, no, I'm sorry. No, no, no high school no, rock chick likes going no, to church. No. I have to finish this. I <laughs> no. have to finish this. Realizes that she is dedicated to following Jesus, who was the greatest rebel and countercultural figure of all time. <laughs> This rock chick appropriately sees her own faith in Christianity as an integral part of her identity and the main part of what makes her a radical, a rebel against the lies of a jaded and unbelieving world. You're now not even describing a stereotype. You're just describing your, your like, trad girl, trad rock girl fetish that you have when you masturbate. No person like this exists. They don't masturbate. That's against God. I don't believe that. Five clues that you might be the rock chick. One, you have drumsticks in your backpack and you don't play the drums. Two. What? Is that a thing? Was that I've ever a thing? Okay. I've known the type. Granted, I kept them as a weapon, but... Fair, fair. Your locker, notebooks, textbooks, and bumper of car, that is how they phrase it, are wrapped in band stickers. You are never without black eyeliner. You save money all year for a trip to Cornerstone, Tomfest, or the Vans Warped Tour. You never carry a purse, but opt for a chain wallet and a studded belt instead. Da -da -da. Favorite movies. High Fidelity, Spinal Tap, That Thing You Do, A Guilty Pleasure. Favorite music. Who are we kidding? Reliant K, of course. Oh, and anything else anti-corporate, like maybe Juliana Theory, Bright Eyes, Mineral, or the promise ring. The more obscure, the better. That that is a ter. Mm -hmm. That is a your musicians. Why is your selection of bands that someone would like so bad? Website: www.makeoutclub.com. Of course. What 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 what? I don't know, that? and I'm not going back in time to look it up. <laughs> Did you know the Rock Chicks Bible cover is made out of shiny duct tape? No, no.
This girl has always existed, though you might not have known too much about her until recently. Over the last few years, a new phenomenon has developed. This girl has always existed. What, since the beginning of time? Is she the Alpha and the Omega? You don't even know what type this is yet. That's what makes this so funny. This is a new one. I just like the idea. Oh, there's the there's the punk chick. There's the athlete, uh, and then there's the unknowable eldritch being who has existed since the beginning of time. The, the all of the type of girls. A new phenomenon has developed, a craze, if you will, and through this craze, a distinctive type of girl has emerged and been thrust into the spotlight for all the world to see. Thanks to a little help from the massively popular TV show American Idol, these are the girls who sass back to Simon. You know the ones. We shall bestow upon her the title of lesbian. I mean, the diva. Oh no, no, no! That's not a joke that you can make, Reliant K. They they didn't say lesbian. Lesbian is nowhere in this book. They oh, said okay, the diva. okay, you you that said was that. Me. Okay, okay, you can make that joke. I, I yes. would have sprayed Reliant K with a water bottle if they tried to make that joke. I guarantee they don't even say the word gay anywhere in this book. <laughs> That's a sin to say the word gay. I don't think they even say it to mean happy. Hell, I'll be surprised if the word rainbow is in here. They just described a whole color spectrum last chapter and didn't say it once. Yeah, we, f- we successfully stole the rainbow from the Christians. We know that. That's why we're all rich. Also, everyone know that they don't use gay to mean happy because it's also a sin to be happy in Christianity. That's Catholicism. This is, well, okay, Protestants too. You're right. Some of the parts of this chapter have aged very poorly, but I'll save those for after we do the stats. The diva in five words or less, well-groomed, trendy, self-assured, outgoing, particular. Uh, hilariously, there is no story of anyone dating a diva in here, nor is there a stat sheet on her. You just get the five clue sidebar. Five clues you might be this diva? You've tried out for American Idol every single year. Even though they didn't pick you, you think Paula Abdul is the smartest woman you've ever met. You inadvertently yelp or drop something every time you're not the center of attention. You don't mean to, though. You believe your face looks better in the right light. Stage lights, of course. You often talk about your big break, and you're not referring to your last boyfriend. Ironically, your name is also Jessica Simpson. So, uh, let's just go through a couple of good bits from this chapter, because a lot of it is basically saying, boy, this bitch loves being looked at. Yeah, this seems seems like, this seems like you wouldn't have a lot to write about this, but, you know, they do, apparently. This is, like, this is another one of the longest chapters, despite skipping all the sidebars, and, uh, there's some real cruelty in here. At her worst, the diva can be bossy and self-centered, but that's usually when others aren't paying enough attention. She'll tend to take social control on force. However, she can be thoroughly charming and at ease when all eyes and ears are turned her way. The diva appears to be popular, but not necessarily well-liked. She doesn't spend much time on her faults at all, or thinking. What? Like, that one is mean, the last one. Dude. Here's a line that has aged so poorly in 2022. Above all, the diva is a groomer. Grooming is her most time-consuming activity, paying particular attention to hair and face. (laughs) Oh, no. No. She camps out in the restroom because of the abundance of large mirrors most useful for her grooming activities. (laughs) 
Now, we only know this information because we've been told. None of us have ever been inside a girl's restroom to witness this grooming phenomenon. But like we said, we've been told. We've also heard that girls' restrooms are much nicer than boys. Why is that? Another subject for another time, I suppose. This is, this is beautiful. <laughs> this is amazing. Well, there is one last bit we have to cover, and you know it. The diva has a lot in common with the rock chick when it comes to church. She puts off the vibe she doesn't really want to be there, though secretly she's glad to. Sometimes she's really glad to be there at church, but only if she's asked to speak publicly or sing. If all eyes are on the diva, then you'll know without a doubt she's glad to be there. And even though she's well-dressed and perfectly groomed, which can be intimidating, somehow she just seems to be a person that brings people together. Maybe that's just because she has the whole youth group's attention. start on one of the rarest and yet most obvious types of girls there is, the Homecoming Queen. Don't be misled, though. The Homecoming Queen may not actually be the actual elected Homecoming Queen, though she is almost always the most likely candidate. I I'm sorry you will continue talking about this, but now my, my brain just has a rending song in, uh, in my a rending song playing, which is Homecoming Surf. It's a good song. You use it as our ending theme. I always think of uh, downtown Julie Brown's Everybody Run, the Homecoming Queen's Got a Gun. Fair, fair enough, fair enough. So, so good. To start, let's look at the way she might enter a room. If she were to walk in your room at this very instant, she wouldn't kick down the door like the diva. Neither would she clump into your room like the rock ship. She also wouldn't stumble in and trip over her own feet like the airhead. No, instead, she breathes into a room lightly, as if walking on piles and piles cotton balls, their misstep, or has helium balloons tied to her feet. The homecoming queen's popularity begins at home, where she is well-liked by her family. Well, most girls are well-liked by their families, and so is the homecoming queen. Her family likes her because they have to, she's family at all. But they also like her because she's thoughtful and sweet and looks out for others. She likes to serve around the house by doing dishes, vacuuming the living room, or emptying the trash. This creates a nice atmosphere and kind of lifts the spirit. The homecoming queen likes to lift the spirits of others, too. At school, she is the champion for the underdog. She hates to see anyone lose or get picked on. If that happens, she's right there to offer a kind and encouraging word. Generally speaking, she's kind to everyone she meets. She's positive, outgoing, and has a sunny disposition. Yes, all of us who have ever grown up in the stereotypical high school that this book takes place in remember the homecoming queen being... Such a charming, uplifting Snow White type. I mean, we, we all seen Mean Girls, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But don't worry. Before you begin to think her life is a fairy tale or a classic Cinderella story, we must inform you the Homecoming Queen does have two evil stepsisters that torment her quite a lot. They aren't evil, but they're girls who don't share the Homecoming Queen's outlook on life. The poet and the rock chick have a hard time accepting any notion of popularity and don't take kindly to her status. They might make snide remarks and talk about her behind her back, or they might, in a more drastic instance, try to stick gum in her hair to be mean and funny. Yeah, so this is Laura Palmer, and we all know how Twin Peaks end. What begins? Yes. 
Shit's dead. Wrapped in plastic. The rock chick did it. <laughs> Five clues that you might be a homecoming queen. You have no known enemies. We, you never we, we, we are, you're, you're already... You just talked about her enemies, though. I know. It's great. You <laughs> never bash on anyone. Your hairstyle hasn't changed in years. Long hair with big, loopy curls. Kind of what you'd see at a Miss America pageant. Your friend's parents never worry about their daughter when she's with you. Guess she's not a lesbian. Favorite movies. Never been kissed. While you were sleeping. The Princess Diaries. Okay, we've, wa- we've watched Never Been Never been Kissed. I don't think that movie is anyone's favorite movie. If you haven't rewatched While You're Sleeping, it's about gaslighting a dude's family while he's in a coma. Yeah, so it's Dear Evan Hansen. But more interesting. I was, I was about to say it's Dear Adam Jensen, which is uh, incorrect. <laughs> it's an incorrect title. I didn't ask to be this beautiful. <laughs> I feel like I do have to read another one of the band members' stories on The Homecoming Queen. Go for it. Brian Pittman. Brian Pillman? Brian, Brian Pillman. Also, let me put on my dude voice. In junior high, I started to notice the girlies. I like them. I was looking back through some old yearbooks and realized it is so crazy how much we all changed from junior high to high school and the years after. I know every school has one girl that just really stands out. The Babasaurus. In my school, there was this girl named Tracy who always had the best of everything. Every year she got best dressed, nicest smile, best hair, blah blah blah. Maybe I'm bitter because I thought I had better hair than her. You didn't hear that from me. When it came to school dances or homecoming, she always seemed to be in the spotlight. I remember seeing her at a football game in her dress, and she seemed to be glowing. You could tell she put a lot of work into how she presented, and it always seemed to work for her. Tracy always had a smile and seemed to be pretty genuine with everyone around her. We were in gym class, and once or twice a year, we'd have to do the whole co-ed thing. We were bowling that semester, and it came time to match up with your partner. The teachers paired us up, and sure enough, Tracy and I were put together. Every guy in class let me know how much they wanted to be me. I got to know her a little, in between talking strikes and 7-10 splits. She seemed to break the stereotype of a snob and being too wrapped up in herself. Oh, but no, I wasn't interested in her. I'm a rocker, and her fave band was Dave Matthews. <laughs> uh, pretty good. A real babasaurus. I don't know, I feel there's a luchasaurus joke here, but... Uh... Yes, Christian as a manager now, and Christian keep telling uh, Jungle Boy's mom that he wants to fuck her. Uh, it's very good. What's AW? AW is good. <laughs> Leslie was born in the place she wants to die. Gray skies only mean cooler weather. Keeps her food separated on her plate. Spain was fine, but Mississippi's finer. strange yet beautiful world a foreign land whose stamp is not found in our what is happening now the mathlete lives in a world of equations theorems and proofs a world where the quadratic formula can lead to the answers for her life's many questions words like polynomial coefficient 
Cosine and Pythagorean theorem hold great meaning for her. And even as she sleeps, these words float through her head like dandelion fuzz on a breezy summer day. I felt that needed a jester voice. No, no, that is, uh, that is the appropriate voice. Um, okay, cool. So we're on to the mathlete. Yeah. The mathlete walks with a permanent slump that has been caused by the excessive trauma of her overloaded backpack. If the mathlete's mother knows how to sew, she's likely had to re-sew the straps back onto her daughter's backpack several times due to the excessive weight load of books she carries with her. Okay, so, 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 this may be an American thing. Don't everyone bring the same books to school? Not necessarily, especially if you're taking advanced courses. Okay, fair enough. That's not my experience in high school, but okay. I I did take some uh, college courses in high school. Let's just leave it at that. Okay, cool. And you ended up great. Like the regular athlete, mathletes are a competitive bunch, but you won't find them all riled up for an intramural basketball game after school. This competitor's field of battle lies in the classroom, on tests. She competes not only against herself in trying to make the perfect grade on these in trying the make the perfect grade on these so-called tests. Yes, I did read that correctly. But she also contends against her classmates, though they may not know it. She loves to compare grades, casually asking her neighbors what they got on their test, or slyly glancing over at their desks while she leans down to pick a fresh pencil out of her backpack. What? What the fuck test lets you pick things out of your backpack or as you need multiple pencils? When she finds out that she scored a higher grade than her neighbor, she quietly sits back in her chair with an unmistakable air of triumph. Her victories are small and go unnoticed by the majority. No, they don't, especially if you have any kind of grading in the classroom. But come graduation time, when the valedictorian steps up to the podium to give her clothing speech, you recognize her and realize her transformation is complete. The mathlete has become the valedictorian. I... I, I feel this whole discourse is steeped in Americanism, and uh, I just don't understand half of the things that they're saying, but continue, please. Well, here, how about I tell you about the fashion of a mathlete? Sure. Is it glasses? Does it include glasses? Do the mathlete have glasses? I'm asking, does the mathlete have glasses? I'm, I'm actually checking over the... There's actually no mention of glasses. Breaking gender barriers, breaking stereotypes. Oh Perfect. wait! Oh wait! Huh? Wait! No, oh. sorry. There's a single. There's a single line in here. But when I get there, you're going to groan as you realize what's happening. Okay. 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 The mathlete loves to wear cardigan sweaters. They're her favorite. She has a closet full of long sleeve button collar Oxford shirts, mainly in the colors of white, light blue, and pink. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> she will wear the khaki pants and the plaid skirts with certain regularity. Basically, anything that gives off a classic collegiate look is an awesome clothing choice for the mathlete. Her hair is always in a ponytail. Always. No exceptions. Hair hanging in her face while bent over a study book is unacceptable. Because she only ever gives off the ponytail look, this makes for a nice switcheroo when, at an unsuspecting moment, she lets her hair down, shakes it all out, and pulls off her thick Coke bottle Yay! glasses. Who knew? She was beautiful all this time. This Yay, seems to work well the in the thing. movies. And we like it in real life, too. They did the thing. Yep. Uh, please continue. <laughs> Again, 
No person like this actually exists in real life. I've known plenty of girls slash women who were incredibly smart and really good at academic achievements. None of them looked like this. <laughs> they all look like normal human beings. <laughs> I just love that they accidentally summed up that the colors are the trans flag. Fair, fair, fair. But then again, she would be wearing a hoodie then. We all know that. Uh, no comment as someone who cannot stand dealing with hoodies for the heat. Okay. Um, someone, someone say fake trans, please? You already know that I do not like Dark Souls, so we've had this discussion. There, we can have a trial. You and Adam can put me on trial as a bonus episode sometime to check my transcript. <laughs> I think that's just called the side visit that you do before getting on HIT. We're not reliving that trauma for you. <laughs> the mathlete in five words or less. Brilliant, studious, competitive, problem-solving, buttoned up. No boobs. The mathlete has no boobs. Yep, there is, uh, I'm kind of surprised there's no comment about them being flat, but, you know. Uh, favorite music? Devo, The Proclaimers, They Might Be Giants, and The Danielson Family. Okay, maybe, so this is, this, is, this is a high school girl in the 2000s. Maybe she could be into They Might Be Giant. Although they might be a bit too obscure for her. She's not into Devo. No teenager in the 2000s was into Devo. Wrong, because that was when Dev 2.0 happened. Moving remember on. When Dis I remember, we talked about it on the show, and I would like to not talk about that anymore. I know. How how does the mathlete do with church? Well, funny you ask that. The mathlete at church is a bit of a frustration to her youth group leader. She's the person who always asks the questions that are just too hard or ridiculous to answer. Like, can God make a rock so big and heavy that he can't lift it? Or technical questions like, so if Noah built and ark, their typo, that was blank cubits long and a cubit equals blank feet, that would be about the size of a blank. Now, how could he fit two of every animal in an ark that small? She may also be caught spacing off during a... Spacing off? Zoning out? <laughs> during a Sunday morning sermon. They... No, I think they... I've never heard that because they say it again a second time. If she appears to be spacing off, you can bet that she is probably counting the number of wooden planks in the ceiling and seeing if that number is divisible by three. So, five clues that you might be the mathlete. Your role models are Pasteur and Einstein. Yes, Pasteur, known for being the math type. I don't know who Pasteur is. I'm an ignorant. Pasteurization, uh, cooling milk to keep it from getting bacterial issues. Okay, what would that be your idol? Yeah, it's basically, I... we just picked a smart name. Yeah, I feel there would be better people for that. Okay. When greeted with the phrase, word up, you ask, word up, where? You only write in pencil. You have no framed pictures of friends or horses in your room. Only certificates. Okay, why the pencil thing? I don't know. I, I think they just don't have a better way to sum up school. Grow the nanobots. the nanobots. Grow them in the cracks. Raise them up and make them respect us. Why the marching bots 
out. The math lead is different from our next one. Have you ever received your yearbook at the end of the year and as you were oh, leaving Oh, is this going to be the overachiever as a different thing from the math lead? Okay. It is. Does it matter Do we have to read this one? Because I feel they're the same person, except that the other one maybe does sports too. Uh, volunteering. That's okay. the difference. All oh, right, because church. Right, 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 right. From what we can gather, the motivation between behind the overachievers overachieving is one or more of the following things. Number one, on the one hand, she may be someone who genuinely wants to do good in the world. She may have an extreme case of servant syndrome, sort of like Martha in the Mary Martha Jesus story in the Bible. Number two, on the other hand, she knows her college applications are just around the corner, and nothing says I belong at Harvard like an extra long list of extracurricular activities in addition to her glittering GPA. Uh, and money. I, I that's think more of a that, Yeah. I, I think that's more that's of a the, Yeah. Number three. The overachiever may have a wee bit of selfishness involved with her busyness and it is that she prefers to be the leader. She loves to have people look up to her and for people to think highly of her because of her many, many accomplishments. She loves to be in charge and often doesn't trust others to do things the right way. Her way is certainly the right way and sometimes it's just easier to do things herself. This works out well for the rest of us, the lazy ones who prefer a long weekend movie rental marathon instead of raking the leaves at a widowed neighbor's house. It works out well, unless, of course, you happen to be the unfortunate person who rakes too deep and finds out what happened to the widow's neighbor's wife, who forgot to bring the green balloons that you were assigned for the school dance that she is organizing. This might put the overachiever over the edge. Then you will be on the receiving end of the overachiever's wrath. So beware, green balloon person. Beware. Is this you or Reliant K? That was Reliant K. Okay, it, it reads very much like a, a Metal Gear, co uh, you know, com bit. Yeah, no, that one just goes so far over the top, I had to start slipping into, like, breathy Jeff Gerstmann voice. Yeah, no, 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 I get it. Um, Church, the overachiever is like the mathlets, but no. <laughs> the overachiever in five words or less. Driven. Overextended. Afraid to fail. Popular. No. Martha Stewart. Who's Martha Stewart? Oh, this is this is going to be hard to explain. Martha Stewart was a cooking slash decoration guru who proceeded to perform the same kind of low-level insider trading that a lot of people with a lot of money and who talk to other people with a lot of money do except she was made an example of by going to a white-collar prison for years and serving a sentence, unlike uh, men who did that. And so she has just sort of gone back and become, like, the business maven type ever since getting out. Okay, that sounds like a very American thing. Move on. Yes, it's very hard to explain Martha Stewart if you weren't there in the 90s. The greatest compliment someone could pay the overachiever is that she is beyond her years. This will make her flush with pride. Uh, do, do, uh, do we have another Eldritch Abomination case here? Has she also been here since the beginning of time? Since she's Martha in the Mary Martha equation in the Bible, this comes out even more so at church. She is a self-appointed leader. She will most likely assume the role of senior executive assistant to the youth pastor and be the one to order the pizzas and organize the youth group New Year's Eve sleepover at the church. She may also make photocopies of the Sunday school lessons and arrive early to place them on each person's chair. 
Sometimes the overachiever may also press her case to advance to the college and career Sunday school class because she just can't deal with all the immature high school students, she being one herself. The overachiever also sings in the choir and volunteers to sing the special music regularly. I love that they constantly just refer to it as the special the music special? so many what? times in this book. What is the special music? That's when you have the big things for, like, mass or, like, big events instead of just standard weekly choir singing. But I do have to read this last line. Sometimes this do-good attitude can result in the overachiever thinking that she can somehow earn God's favor. She can't, you know. What? That's what? how this chapter ends! <laughs> God hates you, overachiever! Stop trying to do good! <laughs> This, uh, is, this is amazing. For who? Who? Who's this book for? It's after school and her long hair is pulled back and held and back in a wad by two chopsticks. Sweat drips off her nose in a cloud of steam, and the din of anxious espresso drinkers makes it impossible to think. The tip jar is unusually empty, yet the cash register rings with repetitive frequency. Everybody loves a good local coffee shop, but not everybody makes a second home in one. Except for the poet. Oh, it's the next girl, Rorth, Rorthshack, from, uh, from Watchmen. Watchmen? Yeah. Full-time student and part-time barista, the poet wears long, flowing bohemian skirts and a peasant blouse. Hey, shut up. She wears Birkenstocks every day with every outfit, and if it's cold out, she wears colored socks to match her skirt. Her hemp-braided necklace is smug enough to almost choke her, but it never does. Sometimes her hair does get tangled up in it, and that is just no good. Only when her hair is down can you appreciate her dedication and patience for her hair-growing abilities. <laughs> Uh, she carries with her two primary items you rarely spot her without. Ah, uh, uh, yes, that is that is my, my favorite, uh, it's my favorite name power, my hair-growing abilities. <laughs> is Bayonetta a poet? Yes, Bayonetta is definitely a poet. The first thing she always has is an army green knapsack filled with books by obscure modern poets and journals filled with her own obscure poetry. That's actually a good joke. She may also have an extra pair of hair sticks, a couple of rubber bands, and a dental hygiene kit complete with toothbrush and Tom of Maine's natural toothpaste, as she is constantly warding off coffee-stained teeth. No, because they would have to know what a video game is other than saying, sometimes we like to play them. <laughs> Good point. To get to the park or to school or to her after-school job, the poet drives a 22-year-old Volvo that belches clouds of gray smoke and tells the world exactly what she believes in. She wants to bet, trade, and the whales all to be free. Mean people suck, and NPR are also proudly promoted via her overcrowded bumper of stickers. Greenpeace and the National Park Service receive free advertising courtesy of her car. At times, when the poet is convinced ab convicted about the smog her car regularly emits, she may ride her bicycle instead which is a beachcomber complete with a wicker basket attached to the front handlebars. On a happy day, she will carry a bunch of fresh-cut flowers in that basket. 
She thinks that animals are to be loved, not eaten, which makes her a partial vegetarian, as she will eat fish, but only because fish are kind of ugly and don't have feelings. She shops at health food stores and drinks a shot of wheatgrass with her smoothie every morning. We are told that she does indeed wash her hair, but she leaves it at that. There's an extra angle that starts creeping in here at the oh, end. Oh no, is she, go is she gonna be gay? Is she gonna be gay? She's gonna be the they're gay not, one? They're not gonna, gonna say it, but... She prefers using rock deodorant and will not shave her legs or under her arms for months on end. This is kind of creepy to us. Okay, I'm more feminist than gay, but yeah. She believes that sweating is for the unenlightened and she has better ways to contribute to the earth. Besides, she hasn't shaved her legs in months and nobody wants to see her in gym shorts. <sighs> this is, yeah, kind of the 2000s were terrible. Speaking of aging poorly... The poet prefers to date an older, and this is in quotes, man. So after school, she drives her Volvo to the local community college to visit her college boyfriend, since all the high school boys are beneath her. High school boys could never understand her poetry anyway, her soul, her deep well of feelings. But a community college guy, on the other hand, I think this is the closest they come to saying dyke. Just the fact that man is in quotes all throughout that. Oh, oh, I, I I feel it's more of a slam on community people who go to community college. Uh, I appreciate your reading. I think this is just like a community college people are dumb kind of joke here. Um, none of this is good, but yeah. Mm. Uh, turns out that uh, I I, I was I was thinking that this was going to go into a ghost word direction when it first started, but I guess uh, it, it went. God, I wish. <laughs> Do you know how much I would love if this went full ghost world? <laughs> Anyhow, the poet's idea of church is sitting in a field reading the King James version of the Bible because it's more poetic and reads like Shakespeare. But if she finds herself in a regular church setting, she could bring an emotional, mystical element to church in her youth group. She most likely has really thought about and researched her faith, so that she's very comfortable with what she believes. Once she's again, in touch with this kind of person is not going to church for like a gay, please stop it. No, no. She's very in touch with her feelings and will be a good listener and sharer for the group if she can suppress her own opinion long enough to allow others to share. Da, da, da. Did you know that the polar ice caps are melting at an alarming rate? Yes, they are, and it's getting worse. Yep. Ah! We're all dying. Now, I, I do have to point out, there are two different members of the band who basically shit on girls of this type, and I'm not going to read them because it's just like, wow, both of you really have a grudge. This was the kind of person that was uh, very, very fashionable to hate at the time. I mean, it technically still is, just like different optics. This has turned into, like, the millennial stereotype nowadays, right? A little bit, yeah. In retrospect, this was the beginning of the era of uh, ultra-conservatism <laughs> that we're living now. And it started with this, and slowly sneaked its way into culture. So
Uh, next up is first chair. We covered a little of that, but I will take some good quotes from the middle here. At this point, we should remind you, not all girls who play in the band are first chairs. First of all, first chair is someone who loves and is devoted to the band. There are other girls in the band who may not share the same love and loyalty to the band. They may be in band because they know it's an easy way to get credits. Outside of band, these girls may in fact make fun of the band in order to distance themselves every, from first every chairs. Time, every time people talk about, like, credits, as in high school, I always imagine just, like, the currency in, like, a sci-fi RPG. These girls are not first chairs at all. They are band traders. A true first chair is completely sold out to the band, and may in fact sit in the first chair of her instrument section. Ah, yes, my my, my favorite Pete Wentz project, Band Traitor. <laughs> the first chair has a tendency towards harboring resentment and bitterness from being forced to put up with people who don't understand her and make fun of her. That's literally everyone who gets mocked. Hmm, yeah. Why are band people mocked in America? I know, right? I, I don't get it. What's band? I don't actually know what band is. It's just music program. Okay. Why are they mocked? Uh, honestly, I don't really know, because that wasn't happening in the school I went to, where it's just like, Yo, congrats, you have enough money to afford an instrument and do, like, performances and travel with the teams. Good job. Church is a place where First Chair often feels safe, and you get to see her true colors come shining through. She's eager to use her musical gifts and help with music at the church, whether it's playing with the worship team, playing the special song during the offering time, or singing in the choir. Because of her active involvement, she is well-known, respective, and most importantly, has found a place where she is needed. Uh, here is one of the horniest lines in this book that is probably not intended as much. Five clues you might be first chair. You own a hat too tall to wear in the car. You know firsthand that trumpet players are good kissers. Saxophone <laughs> players are not. Your favorite key is C-flat. Like my chest. <laughs> Favorite music? Kenny G. Cause it's so hard for me to be honest these days. I tell myself I'm doing okay. I don't want the world to think I'm weak. And so I repeat it. The Drama Queen. The Drama Queen oh, is... Oh, there's uh, another one. Which is different from the Diva, I guess? Yes. Okay. Also, I want to point out that this book actually takes half a paragraph to tell you that you should not stare at the sun, because that's how little Reliant K thinks of you. <laughs> oh, so Smash Mouth was lying to me. <laughs> well, you could walk on it, just don't look down. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Da, 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 da. Yeah. Uh, the Drama Queen is a good actress. You'd better hope so, because Drama Queen equals Drama Club equals actress. You had better hope that if you go to see a play, the girl playing the lead is a real-life Drama Queen, so you can get a real performance. Uh, th that doesn't make sense. 
that is just a stretch. That's okay. that's one of the only positive things they say in this chapter. It's basically just like, God, they're all. It's just slamming it's, on. It's, it's just it's just the 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 diva again, right? <laughs> it's literally just the diva again. No, no, no. It should be noted the drama queen is very different than the diva, and that the drama queen invites and lures people's attention, while the diva expects and demands it. They are both bummed when this doesn't happen. Yes, that is very different, Reliant K. Please tell me more about how different those things are. That's the entirety of it. Fair. Oh, the drama queen loves church. She knows that Jesus was the original drama queen. <laughs> ha! Her three favorite things are, one, youth group skits. She always plays the lead. The Two, the annual Christmas pageant. She always plays Mary. And three, the altar call. She always goes forward during the invitation for prayer for all her sicknesses or to repent of always stretching the truth. She also loves it when they ask if anyone wants to share their testimony because, hey, she loves to share hers. Uh, you might be the drama queen if you watch at least two soap operas. Uh, does not have a favorite website because clearly the drama queen cannot work a computer. Oh, come on. You could have been something like her favorite website is like her blog or something. Come on, you could have yeah. done better, Dad. I feel like okay. this would be where you'd put Friendster or something. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, it, it, I, I think a good joke would be her favorite website is her blog. Because, you know, she's self-centered, so she likes the thing that she writes. But it had to be, like, mean in a weird way. Hmm? Speaking of mean in a weird way, after-school job, waitress. You couldn't come up with anything better? Uh, I, I guess the joke there is that people who try to be actors then turn out to be waitress. Why do airheads wear ponytails? Answer, to hide the valve stem. If you have just read this joke and didn't get it, you might be an airhead. Scratch that. Many of you might not have understood that joke because you're not familiar with the fine art of automotive maintenance. Maybe that joke wasn't a good idea after all. Oh well. This is one of those chapters where it's like, we don't want to say an entire subsection of the populace is a joke. They, they, every single one of this treats a subsection of the populace as a joke. What are you saying? All of this treat people as jokes. This one is probably the most punching down you get, though. Yeah, fair. We love the airhead because she's fun to laugh at. Uh, we mean with. She's the kind of girl who skips down the hall on the way to biology class and she doesn't take biology. She's the kind of girl who finally makes a basket in gym class and doesn't understand why she's the only one cheering, because she scored for the opposing team. Yeah, that sounds like me, though. I'm, I feel a bit offended. <laughs> Do -do -do. The airhead is one happy girl. Instead of getting mad when she drops all her books while running to class, she laughs. The airhead is always the same and always different. Her hobbies vary as much as the rock chick's hair color. 
This week, for instance, she believes it's cool to enjoy photography. She overheard someone in algebra talking about it and decided she too was a photographer. It's not that she wanted to be one or wanted to learn about being one. She simply was one, is one. She goes to the mall and buys the most expensive camera her mom can afford, as well as all the add-ons the friendly guy offers. Can't skimp on the extra lenses and film when you're a photographer. She carries her camera to school. She buys a photography book and cuts out pictures she should have shot and is destined to shoot and hangs them in her locker. She shoots on her lunch break, carefully staring into the viewfinder to capture the perfect moment, the perfect angle. She was born for this. Until she realizes that she didn't take the lens cap off, and next week she realizes she was born to be a hairstylist, sells the camera on eBay, and uses the profit to buy designer shears and a box of various shades of hair color. I feel this is just shitting on ADHD people for no reason. <laughs> uh, there are... There's a whole page of how... Yes, it turns out a lot of blondes are airheads, but there can be non-blonde airheads, although most of those are blonde airheads who tried to color their hair. This is weird, because all of the other categories are generally, like, centered around an activity, or, like, a... Not, not necessarily a personality trait, they're all about things that the people do, right? You have the athletes who like sports, the rock chick who likes music. Hairhead is just, like dumb slash ADHD person that we're randomly shitting on, and there's no activity tied to that. It's really weird. But we also don't go with the traditional homemaker style on this, because we've wrapped that into so many other different... Well, because... yes, because they are Reliant K, so everyone is Tradwife for them. Well, so no, they cannot no. go... The airhead is never successful in home ec class. She leaves out crucial baking ingredients like sugar or accidentally sews the sleeves shut on her sewing project. She's probably instead thinking about how hot Johnny Depp is instead of what the ingredients are for the baking project. Okay, so this is the only one who's not a trad wife. <laughs> at church, the airhead is either on or off. By this we mean that during the worship service, she's singing away at the top of her lungs and bobbing up and down to the music. Don't be surprised if she is an intense clapper as well. Music is good for the earhead. But after the offering plate has been passed and the sermon is well underway, take a moment and study the earhead. It is as if a sheet has been draped over her face. She is motionless and glazed over like a warm donut in the display case at Krispy Kreme. Is she even conscious? That remains a matter for debate as the earhead is once again off in another world inside her brain. I'm so confused about what they're going for with this, but okay. Now, the five things are definitely all ADHD. You've lost your keys seven different times. Today. Yep. You have actually lost your car before. I don't have a car. You forget to return anything and everything you borrow from your friends. Yep. You repeat things constantly. Like if you're thirsty, you'll tell your friends that you're thirsty 13 times in five minutes. Yep. Staring off into space consumes a majority of your day, and you're okay with that. Yep. Did you know that baby skunks practice headstands because that is how they spray their stinky stuff? What? D Quote, This is an actual random fact that we learned from an airhead during an awkward pause. Her name is Jen, just in case you were wondering.
The last one, since we did vanilla pudding first, is the girlfriend. Hey, There's one hey, girl hey, hey, that stands out. <laughs> this is too early for Avril Lavigne, so I don't think she's going to be mentioned here. However, I'm going to flip ahead. Uh, Oof. We, yeah. Oof. Okay, never mind. The, I got to the end of chapter part. Oof. We'll get there. Okay. okay. There's one girl that stands out from all the rest, at least from the rest of the girls. She may list lots of girlfriends she has, but not many girls would list her as a friend. And this is because she doesn't really hang out with them. Instead, she's permanently attached at the ankle, hip, and elbow to her boyfriend. That's right, folks. She's the professional girlfriend. The girlfriend in five words or less. Chameleon. Needy. Supportive. Clingy. Affectionate. Uh, how dare this person have a significant other? <laughs> the girlfriend is overly supportive of her boyfriend, but not just her boyfriend. She also finds a way to be quite involved in the lives of the boyfriend's family and close friends. She might sneak a peek at her boyfriend's calendar and write down all the birthdays of his best friends and family members so she can send them all cards. She visits his grandma in the hospital, with the boyfriend, of course. She may also go to his younger brother's little league games or soccer matches. Sadly, the girlfriend forgets to send flowers to her own mother. She can't make it to her little sister's piano recital because of her boyfriend's big brother's little league game. She even forgot her own dad's birthday once. Her family grows increasingly annoyed by her lack of attention, but she doesn't notice. Her life and her energy are spent trying to do all she can to cement herself into the life of her boyfriend and his family. This reads like the this reads like a sitcom episode, like. This is like a Disney Channel sitcom episode where someone does a magic thing to make someone else the, 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 their girlfriend, but they go too far. Hey, speaking of true love that can't be achieved easily, but also seems like the kind of thing that would be in a 90s or 2000s sitcom, the girlfriend lives in constant fear that her boyfriend will leave her. This feeling haunts her. Therefore, she usually has a really good guy friend as a backup just in case. This backup is usually a good friend of her boyfriend or one of her older brother's friends. A nice, safe guy friend who's there in case of emergency. She will expend a little time and energy into this relationship to keep him around and interested. Unfortunately, the backup is a guy who secretly likes the girlfriend and is hoping that one day he may move up the relational ladder to official boyfriend status. But he never will. He's the backup. Someone should let him in on this little secret so that he can move on. So basically, Reliant K invented the friend zone. Yeah. Reliant K invented the friend zone. Also, there's an entire page on what she's like during a breakup. Oh, no. Please, no. Uh, Please, I'll no. just pick some good sentences here. Uh, when this happens, you do not want to be anywhere nearby because all the screaming monkeys of fire and brimstone will fly forth from her ears and wreak havoc on your sanity. You have never seen crying and wailing like this before. Speaking of guys on your arm to lead your way, the girlfriend is well-versed in many of the different Christian denominations and has attended multiple churches. Baptist, Methodist, Lutheran, Roman Catholic, Assemblies of God, Church of God, Church of Christ, Church of God in Christ, interdenominational, non-denominational. Why? Because the girlfriend has regularly attended her many different boyfriend's churches and become quite accustomed to their ways, though she's never been in one place long enough to consider it her home. She has enjoyed them all and made it a point to fit right in. Sure, everyone loves church. Whatever. <laughs> it, 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 it's what they, they have one joke for each of those. They, yeah, they have one joke. Just one joke and they keep doing it.
So, here's the thing. Now we're on to the men. Are, are there, there are... as many men as there are women? Oh no, there are two types of boy. And then there's a chapter called Instruction Manual, How to Deal with a Guy. Oh boy, okay, let's learn. Sebo, teach me about boys. Well, don't worry. They actually have a little intro to the boy section, which there was not one to the girl section. Okay, okay, okay. okay As okay. you've seen, there are quite a number of different types of girls out there. We counted 12, and there might be a few more types of girl that we didn't even know about before we wrote this book, like lesbians. If you are somebody <laughs> who missed earlier in the book, we're sorry and we'd like to meet you someday. Anyway, you could see we've done our best to investigate all the kinds of girls we could think of, and we realize the world of girls is really complex because girls come in different shapes and sizes with different moods, personalities, interests, and looks. While this is not surprising, and to be expected from the fairer, more mysterious sex, you may be amazed to learn there are different types of boys, too. Guys are simpler and easier to figure out, though. And we should know, because we are boys ourselves and experts in this field, as we have been boys all our lives. Unlike you women, who had to have boys tell you how to be experts in your field. Here is a brief description of the first type of boy. The ape. Monkey in the basement. How did the monkey get there? There's a monkey in the basement. Where did the monkey come from? Where did the monkey come from? Where did the monkey come from? It is the middle of summer break and the alarm clock turns 11 a.m. He is still in bed, mouth ajar, with a large drool stain on the pillow outlining his head like a creepy halo. The noise being emitted from his mouth and nostrils is the sound of monsters and he other comic book creatures. After repeated attempts to wake him, his mother gives up and leaves him to rot in his filth. Sometime in the early afternoon, his eyes crack open into bleary little slits, his hair shooting in a thousand different directions all at once when he finally rolls out of bed onto a floor covered in crushed potato chips, gum wrappers, comic books, and dirty socks. After lying there momentarily, he pulls himself up onto two feet, finds a wadded-up t-shirt in the corner and sniffs it for offensive odors. If he discovers none, he pulls it on. He repeats the same procedure with a pair of old nasty jeans, and now he is ready to begin what's left of his day. Behold, in all his majesty, we present to you the ape. Okay, so that's the person with dysphoria, I get it. They just, they're, they're just lacking a hoodie, but okay. Uh, there's, there's definitely some things here that do read a little eggy. Like, you don't say. <laughs> you may find copious amounts of dirt under his fingernails, the same nails that haven't been cut in over a month. Oh, those must be long somehow. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. He doesn't care so much about dressing up or looking good for anyone or anything. A baseball cap is a good enough excuse to not wash his hair. Yeah, that happens when you don't uh, don't identify with your body and with the clothes that your gender is supposed to wear. Get it? I get it. I get it, dude. It'll get it'll get better. It'll get better. Just you know, take your pills, uh, and uh, it'll get better. How many times have you said "take your pills" this episode? I don't know. I, I don't know. I feel like that's uh, uh, a message that uh, needs to get out there. So <laughs> look, we we went. Look, Adam is not here. Uh, so our, um, you know, so we're, that's our, that's this my chapter, brand here. This chapter and the next chapter would irritate the shit out of Adam. Mm, 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 probably the first. Speaking of trans vibes, 
The first rule of the ape is that he prefers to stay up as late as humanly possible, followed by sleeping as long as he is allowed by law. As we mentioned, this works well for the summertime, but is hard to maintain during the school year. You might say he is lazy, but this is only partially true. There are many things the ape pursues with much energy and passion. The following list may help you to identify the ape's primary pursuits. This one is some real how-do-you-do-fellow-kid shit. Contests of Stupidity, otherwise known as The Dare. There was recently an MTV program that was wholly dedicated to apes and their dares. The show is no longer on the air, but featured an ape named Johnny Knoxville and his oh, group no. of other apes <laughs> who would conduct a dangerous or moronic stunt to proceed to dare each other to complete it. I don't recall them daring it. They just went, yo, this is the goal. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't. Silly ape. We won't go into any detail about all that except to say apes really like this sort of thing. Another thing the ape likes that is sort of related to this is his scars. Anytime the ape has a wound or injury that leaves a permanent mark, he is filled with accomplishment. The ape probably didn't intend to maim himself, but he is prideful as though he did. Girls do not like this type of storytelling and will usually get up and leave the ape even before he has a chance to finish. Yes, I've, I've definitely known that girls hate scars. Totally. <laughs> Please don't look at Bishonen. Video games. Do, 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 sorry, sorry, Sebo. Do, 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 do dudes actually do that? Like, do they just, like, do uh, jackass stuff in real life? Because I feel like that's a weird comparison. It's like, ah, yes, yes half of the yes, dude in do. the world are like yes. Johnny Knoxville. Okay, okay. Uh, I, would admit my, I, I would admit my ignorance in that. A lot of us would have uh, not gone that far, because it turns out that there's a certain level of stunts in those movies that's like, no, that's probably not going to be what most people do, but yes, I was definitely the kind of person who would have been described as a dumb little buddy in high school. Okay. Fair enough. Um, I do recall that a trick that was showed to me, which I found quite amazing until it very nearly burned something down, was you take a gas can, you pour it at the top of a hill into the gutter. You then put a tennis ball down into it. And you light the chain so that you just have this rolling fireball going down the hill. And in the middle of the night, this is a really striking sight. But if the ball somehow rolls out of the gutter, then you have a problem. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I don't get human beings, but please continue. Yeah. Video games. The ape likes the shoot-'em-up games that involve shooting gangsters or deer the most, but he will also spend hours at night building the perfect Sim City. Sim is in all caps for some reason, like they think it's an abbreviation. He may be what? prone to play... Yeah. Did these people do what? Yes, the, the, the most popular game in the 2000s, the Deer Hunter game. I mean, if you think about where these guys were hanging out, that probably tracks. Fair... Fair, fair. The ape, if he has enough money, will buy the loudest possible stereo for his car to rumble his trunk with hip-hop or shatter the back window with some good old-fashioned monster rock. A good way to pick out an ape is if you hear his stereo before you see him coming down the street. That is a sure sign of an ape spotting. What high school did they go to where everyone has cars? That is way more American than European. Just take fair, my yeah, fair, 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 fair. We don't have cities designed around non-car transport. That makes sense. 
Speaking of girls, there's another thing the ape does care about. The ape likes girls. But a lot of apes don't like to talk to girls. Instead, they just leer at them and talks about how hot girls are with other apes. Remember, apes like to look at girls and talk about girls. The ape has a problem, ladies, and that is, when it comes to females, they like to think and talk and look at females, but not always the most wholesome of ways. Apes tend to have one thing on their minds, and in case you haven't figured it out, we're talking about the preoccupation with sex. This doesn't just apply to 15-year-old ape boys who are just starting on their journey to become men. It applies to apes of any age. If an ape can gather enough thought to figure out what a girl wants to hear, he will often say it. He does this without thinking and pays no attention to whether he means a single word of it or not. We strongly advise you be careful with anything that comes out of the ape's mouth, be it sunflower seeds, romantic phrases, or whatever. This is the most spiteful <laughs> description of a human being I've ever listened to. <laughs> the final section is the worst. Relationships. Oh, yeah. Do they have like a little like typing chart where like it shows the relationship with each type of girl? Oh. The ape is so busy being macho and proving he's a man's man, not a trans man, that he doesn't know how to interact with girls. He bugs his best guy friend about hooking him up with a girl, and when his friend does, he doesn't know how to act around the girl. But instead of getting to know her, he calls all his friends on his cell phone and drives too fast and forgets his wallet, leaving his date to pay for dinner in the movie. If you went to one and then the other without getting the wallet, you have screwed up. But does the ape love Jesus? There's nothing about Jesus in here. Do only girls like Jesus? It turns out we don't have to talk about Jesus in there. Mr. Wonderful. Now that we've taken a long, hard look at the ape, let's talk to the other type of guy. He's a real ah, doll. My, Mr. Wonderful, my favorite killer song. Uh, he's drawn like Reed Richards, too, which is even funnier. He is coming out of his cage, and he's doing just fine. Speaking of being caged, what we've discovered is the perfect man is someone you want to bring home to meet your family. As you read this, you might find it hard to believe such a guy exists, but he does, sort of. Mr. Wonderful has dark brown, black, or blonde hair with brown or blue eyes. We're sorry to all the red-headed guys with green eyes out there, but you don't seem to fit the description of Mr. Wonderful. Anyway, Mr. Wonderful is usually 5'8 or taller, somewhat muscular, has the perfect tan or color of skin. His weight is in proportion to his height. He's not too skinny, not too fat, has a good smile and straight white teeth. He may even have good lips, whatever that means. Ta-da! In addition to his staggering good looks, Mr. Wonderful is athletics, but he knows the world doesn't exist for sports alone. He also volunteers his time at a retirement home. He has clear direction for his life and owns his own car, with hopes and dreams of who and what he might become someday. But he's not too driven to make a name for himself. He cares about the things that are wrong and wants to help right injustice. He loves dogs and cats. He loves his church and his country. He's outgoing, but not too popular. 
Do we, do we like this is just like the nice guy, right? I I don't know what they're yeah. I'm, I'm skipping ahead because this goes on for pages. Yeah, this is this is way less entertaining than the ape chapter. Yeah, I lived there was like a huge amount of bite in the ape chapter. <laughs> this one is just like uh, Captain America or whatever. Who cares? Mr. Wonderful likes to shop with his girlfriend, and he buys her nice things. He takes her out dancing, which is one of those things the ape won't do, but Mr. Wonderful is smooth on his feet. He likes to play board games with her, he lets her win, or puts puzzles together, he lets her put in the last piece. He is thoughtful enough to never stare at other girls, and he doesn't make her cry. He doesn't play mind games with her and never raises his voice at or around her. He doesn't lie or cheat on her. He doesn't even do those little irritating things like saying sorry all the time or pointing out her imperfections. Yo, that's not a small irritating thing. That, that, that's called negging. Um... Yeah. <laughs> do you know a Mr. Wonderful offhand? If you can't think of one, don't you wish you knew him? Well, chances are you do. Here's a shocker for you. Every guy on the planet is Mr. Wonderful, but only on a part-time basis. For that matter, every guy on the planet is also the ape, but again, only on a part-time basis. What we are trying to say is this. All guys are the same, and each has the potential to be both the ape and Mr. Wonderful. Is this the end? Oh no, there's another chapter. Instruction manual. How to deal with a guy. Th because the first thing is like, before we go there, what have we learned from all of this? You know, us women, to learn, who came into this book to learn about, you know, humanity and relationships and uh, other people. What has Reliant K actually te told us? <laughs> I am really confused by what the message there is. The only person you can trust is Jesus. Okay, fair. I, I think that's basically the only message that you get from this, other than uh, all women need to hate each other and can't trust one another, and all men will always be terrible sometimes, so you just need to put up with that. <sighs> Sigh emoji. Okay, let's let's talk about uh, instruction manual. How do we use a man? Yeah, how to how to deal with a guy. So, give compliments. Guys like to be complimented. Remember, guys are kind of simple, and if we're acting a lot more like Mister Wonderful than the ape, you should tell us. Positive reinforcement goes a long way for a simple-minded guy. Guys love and hate short skirts and plunging necklines. But before you go thinking we're advocating girls should simply wear short skirts and tight shirts, think again. We're simply stating an unfortunate fact. It's very hard for a guy not to notice a girl who is dressed, well, barely dressed. We guys are not supposed to think wrong thoughts about you girls, and we take responsibility when we do. But some of you make it hard for us to keep our minds out of the gutter with some of the things you wear. This is our number one weakness. You are not inviting us to get to know you if you dress like this. You are simply showing off your quote-unquote merchandise. Oh no. Oh no. We believe the that most times... shaming arrives. Oh no. 
Oh, no. We believe that there is a direct correlation between the degree of a girl's immodest dress and the lack of her self-worth and confidence on just complete ignorance. You are... You are a little more important and valuable than that to become some guy's sexual fantasy or prey. Fuck off. <laughs> Fuck off, <Yes>. Reliant K. <laughs> and then we go from the... This is directly the next line. So be smart about what you wear. Guys appreciate a sense of mystery. If we don't know what you're thinking and you're not telling us, you've got us right where you want us. We would prefer if you not emotionally vomit on our shoes and tell us every little thing about you. The woman shouldn't talk, I guess, is the uh, no, thesis here? No, your body is talking if you wear immodest clothes. It's vomiting on us. <laughs> I hate this. I hate this so much. Remember, this is a manual for how to handle your guy, and this is a bunch of ways for women to act. Yeah? Guys don't like girls who are taller than them. We wish we could explain why, but that's just, just the way it is. Just be short. <laughs> just be short. <laughs> that's Reliant K advice. It takes a real man to go out with a girl who's taller than him. So if you're ever in doubt about how tall the guy is you like, just leave those tall, clunky shoes at home. If you realize you're still taller than him, try bending ever so slightly and slump your shoulders a bit. The extra two inches of height he will gain may make all the difference. Do the WWE uh, interviewer pose where you just split your legs all the time. Guys don't like girls who are too needy. Girls who are needy make guys crazy, and we want to run screaming away to the nearest monster truck rally for a strong dose of testosterone. We actually know a guy who got a call one night from a friend girl, that's their phrasing, who was all crying and screaming. She told Wait, him that the, he was... Is the gender clinic near the monster truck, please? She's told him that he she was standing on the kitchen table and was begging him to come over and kill a giant bug in her apartment. She lived half an hour away from him, but the poor sucker got in his car and drove all the way to her apartment. Sure enough, a half hour later when he arrived, he found her sitting cross-legged on her kitchen table, but the bug was nowhere in sight. It figures. This kind of thing makes guys nuts. That's it. That's the paragraph. Okay. Bugs are scary, though. I agree with her. Here's something that most guys can't figure out. Toe rings. Why do girls put rings on their toes? Sure, toes are the fingers of your feet, but why are girls so obsessed with them? We're not really sure what the point of dressing up your toes and adorning them with rings, paint, and even French manicures is. It's like you admire your feet. This is a strange thought to a guy. Guys think of their feet as utilitarian. Feet are meant to stand on. Feet can become, shall we say, a little funky smelling at times. As a rule for guys, feet are meant to be kept under wraps. If we didn't know better, we'd think you are so pleased with your feet that you throw parties for them when we are not looking. But we have no idea why. Yes, thank you, Reliant K. No guy ever in existence ever had uh, any kind of attraction for feet. Uh, that is the insight that Reliant K gives us. Yeah, I'll just say something. That paragraph is more than I have thought in almost 40 years about toe rings. <laughs> I, I mean, don't know who it, wrote was, that it, it was the 2000. They sort of were still a thing in the early 2000s. I was alive in the 2000s. I didn't think about toe rings often. Fair enough, fair enough. One last thing. Going back to what we were saying a little while ago. Ladies, you know those low-rise jeans that you wear? Here's a little tip just for you. If the circumference around your hips exceeds that of the waistband of the jeans you are wearing, please go home and change clothes immediately. We have seen far too much Krispy Kreme spilling over the tops of girls' jeans. This looks gross and ridiculous. Also, 
You may want to consider how low your low-rise jeans go. Nobody wants to see a girl's plumber's crack. This is wrong and quite unattractive. We know that we are not any sort of fashion police, but some things are so obvious we just had to say something. They have been doing nothing but being the fashion police so far, and in terrible ways. Also fat-shaming. Good job, Reliant K. Good job sticking to your Christian values. We hope this little manual has been helpful to you. No, it hasn't. Now you know a little more about guys and what in the world we are thinking. I said no! It's not just a little different. At this point, I hope I tell. Wife up or have any children shining things with nothing So, there's one final brief section. Okay, I'm scared. It is on relationships. There's two of them. The first is called Time Bombs, Girl Relationships. Ah, yes, this is when you date Hiramu from New Japan. <laughs> I'm going to be really quick about this, because I could just read one or two sentences from each of these, and it'll sum things up. Sure. Acquaintances. Insider tip. Acquaintances are not really friends. Uh, mm-hmm, okay, sure, sure. The herd. During the early elementary years, birds, boys and girls have nothing to do with each other. This is the time in life when boys and girls cluster in girls-only or boys-only groups. We call this the huddle years. Fast forward to high school, college, or beyond. Girls and boys, even though they are now wildly attracted to each other, still like to huddle together. We believe this learned behavior from early in life is directly responsible for the first real girl relationship, the herd. The herd is a singular grouping of girls that travel in a flock or pack with one common interest. By large group, we mean no less than seven or eight, and sometimes upwards of twenty. I like the subtle implication here that... More than a little of the research in this book was followed by just following women around at a distance. <laughs> uh, um, I mean, I don't think any, it was even research for this book. I think that's just what Reliant Key does. And then they figure out, oh, we should write a book about it. The Triangle, the Cult of Personality. Ah, uh, yes, CM Punk. Um, in short. It's basically a leader and two comedic relief minions. Uh, imagine if Rita Repulsa had Bulk and Skull following her around. Okay. How's that? Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. That's what's being pitched here. Hey, guess what? They're about to get worse. The dog owner relationship. Oh no. Oh no. Oh no. They're going to get into fetish stuff. There's a whole paragraph about the Baja Men song here. That's not a joke. Uh,. Now we'll admit, this is a rare relationship, but chances are you know someone who's in a dog-owner relationship. This is how it works. There are two girls, and they are friends. They can appear to be best friends or casual friends. Nothing will particularly puzzle you or raise an alarm. But you start to realize something startling on close examination. One girl always walks slightly in front of the other. They never switch places. It is always the same girl in front and the other following behind. Maybe the girl in front has long legs? Wrong. The girl out front is the owner. Second fact, guess what? The dog likes it this way. Okay, that's definitely fetish shit. Cool, cool, cool. 
If any of you are offended by the use of the term dog, we mean no disrespect. We don't mean dog as if to comment on this girl's looks. Even more spectacularly stunning, most guys might consider her a hot dog. Boy, that's a sense. This I this chapter is uh this chapter is something. And at the very end, it goes into a much better, much more concise version of this summary, which is think of it like Batman and Robin. Batman is smarter, braver, and stronger than Robin, but where would Batman be without his boy Wonder? Uh I don't know, having Having multiple successful series where Batman didn't have a Robin around and people still liked them. Also, let's not talk about all the other Batmans. Or the Suns, or... Speaking of lesbians, Nemesis! <laughs> yeah, no, that's the that's the next type of woman. Uh, also, they tease a really terrible thing. Only one? The first characteristic of the Nemesis is that she is your friend. This is a girl who runs in your circle of friends and is usually a school friend, or possibly even a sister. What's a sister? Read on and you will find out. Oh no. Be, be worried. Anyway, the nemesis will be the same girl type you are, and she wants to outdo you. She is your friend, not your enemy, but, you see, you both don't normally like each other uh, at all. Ah, uh, yes, the, the, the nemesis wants to do you. Yes, except we can't say that, and in fact, instead of saying that, this is a direct quote, get out your Bible and read Matthew and try out what it says. You'll be surprised at the results. Is Matthew the one that says, don't be gay, please don't be gay, please don't be gay? Not from memory, no. Okay. Okay. That's usually Leviticus from memory, but I do love that they're just like, in case you might find yourself too attracted to someone there's the bible school friends they're they're the people you go to school with where it's like you wouldn't really go anywhere with them outside of school congrats sisters with an a because you can't use a hard r imagine a target with a bullseye in the middle there are three rings leading to it the largest outside ring is the herd the second next largest ring is school friends. The smallest ring is the sisters. They sound like and seem like real-life sisters. But guess what? There are eerie coincidences to them. If you do have a real-life genetic sister, pay special attention, because some of this may freak you out. You can argue, bicker, and fight with your sisters over both big and small things, but you make up quickly and resume with normal life, and you won't even remember fighting. You may actually call your sister's mother by the title of mom. Sisters can bypass the proper titles of Mrs. Smith or Mrs. Jones and go straight to the mom. The mothers might even start calling you honey, sugar, sweetheart, or baby. Da -da -da. You're not afraid to sleep in the same bed with your sisters. This is not a strange or weird thing. They are such close friends it is almost the same as having to share a bed with a real-life sister. But this is not the same for guys. No way. Never. Under no circumstance will any guy be forced to sleep in the same bed next to another guy, save being in a poor rock and roll band and stuffing six men into one hotel room. You don't have to have something interesting to talk about with your sisters. They can get together to just watch TV or do crossword puzzles. You hang because you like to be in the same room with them. Of course, when it's time to talk, you share all your deepest secrets that are shared with no one else. You don't get jealous of them. 
and you will tell them that you love them, to their face. This is another no-no for guys. It's almost like you didn't have a choice in the matter of this. If you stop and think about it, it's almost like you didn't choose who your sisters would be. It just seemed to happen. Okay. Again, the, 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 the Sussex undertones are still there, but, you know. And the final one, which I'm not going to describe in any detail because you already know it. It's the best friend. You have a best friend. Congrats. to the final chapter where nothing can go wrong. Chapstick, chap blips, and things like chemistry. Boy and girl relationships. I really need to take some photos of the uh, the little in-between chapter artwork in this because it's like Frank Sinatra is groping a puppet. Um, sure, why not? Like, I'll show you some of these and you will understand exactly why they're so weird. So, Boy and girl relationships come in a lot of phrases, like the celebrity crush. That that is not a, a no. That is not even a relationship. What? It's an imaginary relationship a girl makes up in her head. Someone who a girl dreams about and likes to pretend she's with in her relationship. Okay, Reliant K invented parasocial relationships. Good, good, good. As long as the celebrity crush doesn't turn into an overly obsessive psycho stalker situation, it is quite harmless and fun. But it can't be exchanged for real life. You don't get to go out and shoot that uh, Ronald Reagan for the love of your crush. Thankfully, the celebrity crush is the only imaginary relationship. One very real and very cool relationship between boys and girls is the study buddy. Basically, they're a casual friend that might only be a friend for a little bit of time. Girls don't actively seek out the study buddy. It's just circumstance. They might be a neighbor, or someone you meet at church, or a local organization. Uh, well, the study buddy is basically the male acquaintance. Our next one is on the right track to getting there. He's the outfielder. He's a little attractive, maybe just subconsciously, but that's it. Because of this, things will get complicated. This is a direct quote. It is our assertion that it is impossible for guys and girls to truly be just friends if there is any attraction between the two on either side. If the guy is attracted to the girl, there cannot truly be simple friendship. If the girl is attracted to the guy, there cannot truly be simple friendship. The problem is that when someone finds the other to be attractive, there will always be the looming question of, what if we dated? What if he tried to kiss me? What if I asked her on a date? The what-if left unanswered will always bring a sense of awkwardness, no matter how hard you attempt to ignore it. And so it is with the outfielder. The girl's primary objective might be to see if something more will develop. Either way, the outfielder serves as a romantic link, but you have to grind up five levels so that you can get to the actual romantic guy who's behind him if you unlock the star. Yeah, this is just reading like a gacha 
game list of things that you're getting. Uh, let's go to the let's go to the to the rare. Cool. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's the backup. Hey, remember when we described that as something that was uh, bad okay. and something yeah. that was done yeah. in earlier chapters? Yeah. 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 Well, there yeah. you go. It's the friend zone. It's the friend zone. They invented it. Yay. <laughs> yep. Reliant Be key sure. are pioneers of many However, things. However, I do love that they're like, crush his heart. Warning. Be sure that the backup knows he is only the backup, though. You don't want to lead this guy on or let him think you're interested in him romantically. This would ruin a really good guy hang. <laughs> so if the backup knows where he stands, it's great because he'll still treat you like a princess no matter what. You know he will. The pre-chem. It is said to have romance, you must first have chemistry. Welcome, friends, to the dance of pre-romance. He is your pre-chem. The guy who has your full and undivided attention, but you're not sure if you have his. Yet. Basically, this is the guy where you absolutely want to get into his pants, but you're not sure if he would feel that way. And it's basically just saying, hey, you should you should tamp that down. And you should, don't worry, just have your friends gather information about him and do all the things. It's a rump Just wait till marriage. Just wait till marriage. Just wait till marriage. Well, it's not even that. It's... <laughs> Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm ending that. I'm ending that. I get it. And, of course, the final one is Hooked. Oh, from AEW? We talked about him before. <laughs> Anyhow, that's it. That's how that whole thing goes. So, that there's was a long. That was long, Sable. <laughs> that, that was long and terrible. How did you read the book? How did you do it? What is your secret, Sybil? Tell us about it's your secret. It's incredibly breezy, and I could go through one of these pages in about five seconds. Fair enough. Fair enough. Remember, though, from the conclusion, diversity is something to be celebrated and embraced no matter what. No one wants to live in a world where everything and everyone is the same. That would be boring and way too predictable. Reliant K invented diversity. Yay! However, there are there are really weird sentences in this final bit. And I'm just going to pick out a couple of them. Okay. I, I'm trying not to cherry pick too hard. Okay, okay. For all the differences sure. of the female gender, there is one thing that we haven't discussed. Stuff that all girls share regardless of what makes them unique. Girls have needs. This might sound like a bad thing that girls have needs, but it's not. Needs are normal, and even guys have needs. Of all the girls who we have met, every single one has at least three basic needs. To be known, to be accepted, and to be loved. Okay, are we doing the pyramids-like? Do we need basic sustenance? Do we need shelter? Are we doing the thing? Uh, girls need to be loved, and they will look for it from their family, their girlfriends, their boyfriends, and sometimes even hope for it from strangers. But love involves sacrifice on the other person's part, so don't settle for anything less than the real thing, or you'll be highly disappointed and maybe hurt. I mean, is the ending just a blues blotter song? Here's the final page, which starts with the heading Survival Guide. We believe no matter who you are, you could be known, accepted, and loved. We believe and know that there is God who made you and knows all your crazy quirks. And the whole rest of the book is that only God made you this way and accepts you for what you are. And you might not live up to that, 
but he's cool with you as long as you love him back. Okay, my question is, does, when God makes you, right, does he have, like, a character creation screen where you can choose if you're, like, a god chick, like a, sorry, rock chick in this book, you can choose if you're a drama queen, you can choose if it's an head. Like, is that an element of God's creation, all those classes that we started so So here's so the far? thing you have to realize, Ellie. Every time mm-hmm. God re-rolls trying to get himself a new Jesus, it makes one of us. Yeah, yeah. And that's how life happens. Good, good, good. That's good to know. Is the book done? The book is done. What are your final thoughts on this book? Definitely worth the six bucks I spent on this. (laughs) Would you recommend it to our audience? I think I've mentioned this at one point during our recordings, but... There was a band called Not A Surf who recorded a joke single where one of the members of the band discovered a book called The Teenage Guide to Popularity in a Used Bookstore from the 50s, and he just slowly read out passages from it that's read off as so absurd in the 90s. And it became this weird one-hit for them, and they hate playing it because it's just entirely different from their sound. But some of the passages from that song feel like the same energy this has for the 2000s. If you want to hear the pop-punk version of Not A Surf's popular, congrats. The complex infrastructure known as the female mind is the book for you. Cool. And the complex infrastructure known as Elaine's mind is currently shutting down, so I think we should close this episode somehow. Um... I don't know. I forgot how we closed that episode. Um, Sable, do you have anything else to say about about this? I don't, because all I have is God's love for you, Ellie, and you know that. Still have.
not straight, but I can easily act gayer than fuck hate and I'll take kiss to smoke, cigs and weed, despite the surgeon's warning. I'll eat LSD soaked many weeks and white Russians for breakfast every morning. I love vacation days. It's a blacked out haze. I'm in the school to sack is coming back, 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 back. Who cares if we're obscure? Homecoming surf, I know this quiet life it used to work. But now we're dancing round and laughing in the dirt. These are crocodile tears It's no one's fault but mine That I shut up for all of 18 years But now my friends are driving out We're gonna walk around the mall And we'll be the youngest there Who cares, we'll call ourselves adults At least I've got a cat Though she hates me bad it seems But we reign over the SUVs and Dairy Queens This isn't lyricism I'm just dropping rhymes like flies Let's go freak out everyone, no reason, who knows what's on your mind Not like I've got the time to stick around I'll catch my flight, make like a pop pumpkin and get out of this town What's on your mind? There's no point left to keep your image down Let's terrify I love vacation days, it's a blacked out haze I'm in this cul-de-sac, is coming back, 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 back who cares if we're obscure? Homecoming surf, I know this quiet life is to her. But now we're dancing round and laughing in the dirt. This one goes out to my homecoming surfs. Yep, blow one out for my homecoming surfs. This one goes out to my homecoming surfs. We're dancing round and laughing in the dirt. I'm searching for a I'm searching for a really cursed thing. Let's let's see if anything comes out. Uh, let's see. I can't wait to see what How this is. How do you spell is. Reliant K again? R-E-L-I-E-N-T space K. There's no results for first for feminization reliant K. I'm disappointed. Check fiction mania. What? Never mind. <laughs>